Welcome to the Maximus Podcast with your hosts, Joe Sabula and Bobby Maximus. We're sponsored by Lalo Tactical, L-A-L-O.com. Use the code Maximus50 for the best shoes on the planet. They'll increase your deadlift, increase your front squat, make you better in your marriage, better at life. Um, I, there's no way I can guarantee all that shit, but apparently they do that for people. We are super excited to have uh, Edge on the podcast today. How the hell are you, my man? Man, I am doing good, and uh, you know, I, I got pretty excited there when you said the shoes will help you in your marriage, because they, they I, I, a little bit in the doghouse after WrestleMania, I took some risks, so the wife's still a little bit annoyed <laughs> um, that that after nine years I came back and took a DDT on the bed of a truck. So I, I'm still trying to explain that one away. So maybe I need those shoes so I can get back in there. <laughs> Funny enough, I talked to the people there today, and you guys are getting some really nice tactical boots mailed to your house. So, see, uh, and you're going to save my marriage all at the same time. Hopefully, hopefully that helps you. Now we'll get we'll get right into that. The WrestleMania match. Um, I'll actually tell you a bit of a backstory. I remember watching when you and you can hear my monster in the background. Yes, right? I can. It's great. <laughs> this is how we roll around here. Um, by the way, uh, you're in trouble with me. So the dude you hear right now, he's three years old. Yeah. And we have a three month old at home. And I went to the bathroom and I came out and I found a book under the baby's head. And he was holding a book over his head, the three year old. Oh, no. What the hell are you doing? He goes, I'm a concerto, the baby. Oh, no. Oh, no. As soon as you said uh, the other book, I went, oh, no. Oh, no. I already see where this is going. Oh, my gosh. I don't know, I don't know if you're a good influence on my kids, a bad influence on my kids. I, I was trying to watch WrestleMania, and he's not allowed to watch wrestling anymore. I'm in the doghouse with my wife. So... Yeah, maybe we shouldn't do that on TV anymore because that's- yeah, I, I'm thinking that's probably not a good thing. And I, I uh, yeah, that's that's my fault. I mean, there's no other way to look at it. That's that's yep. all on me. So uh, all, you know, it's all on you. So I remember watching. It was 2011, I think, when you announced your retirement. Yeah, and I, uh, it's actually one of the things in WWE that caused me to tear up a little bit. Um, I didn't know you at the time, but I also faced a career ending injury in my UFC career. And at first I didn't know if it was an angle, if it was like you were going to go be an actor. But when I saw you tear up and the look on your eye, look in your eyes, it was pretty damn apparent that this neck thing was serious. Um, and then to see you now in WrestleMania, you did a bunch of crazy shit. How, how did that happen? Uh, I'm still, I'm still trying to wrap my mind around the whole journey. Honestly, mm -hmm. it, it, uh, you know, when I retired, it, it came out of the blue. I mean, I knew that I wasn't feeling great. Don't get me wrong. Um, I was having issues, you know, trembling hands, you know, some atrophy in the arms, you know, th things like that. But I'd had a spinal fusion back in, you know, 2003, I had a double level fusion. Then I came back, I wrestled eight more years in that time, you know, you'll understand when I say this list of names, I, I was a heel champion, which means that my job is to bounce around and barely make it out of the match alive. And my opponents were Batista, were John Cena, were The Undertaker, were Kane, were The Big Show. I mean, that is a, you're getting thrown around a lot 
by big, strong dudes on a triple, uh, on a double fusion at that point. So, you know, fast forward to 2011, I knew there was issues. I didn't realize to the extent. And, um, it was after WrestleMania and uh, WrestleMania, I believe it was 27 in Atlanta. And, um, it was long enough ago that the building that WrestleMania 27 was in is now demolished. The Georgia Dome is no more. That's how old I am. <laughs> so we, uh, we did that. I got MRIs the next day just because the, the medical staff, they wanted to, to get a checkup when they did, they found you're done. So in that time I had developed stenosis and there was pressure on the cord and a contusion on the cord. And, um, you know, it, it was, it was serious. Um, I eventually ended up getting, uh, the second neck surgery where they fused a level up and took the pressure off the cord in 2012. Um, I woke up out of surgery and I didn't have a headache. And it, that's when it dawned on me that I'd basically had a headache for a decade, hmm. but I didn't know it because that was just my normal. And, and from that point forward, I just, the, the, the neck pain was gone. The headaches were gone. My, my quality of life got so much better because Bethel remind me, you know how you kind of uh, gloss over when you're, when you're in rough shape and you just, yeah, it was no big deal, but it kind of was. So she would remind me, we'd be out for like two hours, just running errands or whatever. And I would have to come back and get flat. Um, and, and just relieve the, the, the everything on my neck and, and just get flat and try and relieve some of the, the headache and, and weirdness that was going on. Um, I did a, a season of a show called Haven while I felt like that when I wrapped that initial season that I worked with them, that's when I went and got the surgery. Um, and then from there, life just became what it was going to be. I was, I had act, acting accidentally fall in my lap from that retirement speech that you saw. And, uh, you know, the, the show Haven, it filmed out in Halifax. They saw the retirement speech. They were not wrestling fans, but they were looking for a wrestling tie-in because SmackDown aired right before their show. So they were watching and they said they were in tears. And they weren't wrestling fans and they didn't know who I was. So they reached out to WWE, said, can we get this guy? And, um, you know, 42 episodes later, I realized this is now my career. I'm, I've become an actor somehow out of this whole thing. In, in the time that I was doing all of that acting, I was doing all my own stunt scenes. So if there was a fight scene, it was me. If somebody was, if I was, my character was getting thrown, it was me. If uh, I eventually landed on Vikings and all the, that physicality was all me and I felt fine. It wasn't really until, uh, Seamus came over, uh, to do his Celtic warrior workouts, YouTube show. And, um, you know, he likes to do different things, right. That, uh, that he doesn't normally do. So we chopped some wood and, uh, we went mountain biking and I, I took a wipe out on the mountain bike, um, going downhill, I hit a jump the jump had changed due to like land degradation because there was a big rain the week before it was going about 20 miles an hour. And, and I wiped out pretty hard. I rolled up right to my feet and I felt great. Hmm. Like no neck pain, no nothing. And I basically took an arm drag at 20 miles an hour on, on rocks. Now I had some road rash and you know, that kind of sucked for a couple of weeks, but my neck was fine. And I just, I thought to myself, well, that, that, shouldn't feel fine. I don't think, <laughs> um, 
And, and my, my, just my regular doctor said, Hey, you know, it's been eight years. You haven't had a checkup on your neck since the second surgery you've got. Why don't we go get, get a look at it from a spine specialist here in Asheville where I live. So we got some MRIs, took him to the spine specialist. He said, ah, you know, all things considered, you look good. I said, okay, well, what does that mean? Uh, you know, for everyday life, he said, keep doing what you're doing. Just don't land on the top of your head. That's good um, advice for anybody, right? <laughs> well, that, and that's, that was his next line. He goes, but I got to tell everybody that he goes, and that can happen if you're walking down the stairs and your dog trips you. I mean, you can't stop living life. Keep living life the way you've been living it. Great. Fine. What about wrestling? <laughs> and he said, I don't know, man. I don't know that that industry. I don't know how it works, but I do know a guy who uh, is the spine specialist for James Andrews down in Birmingham. I said, Oh, Cordover. Cause I know them all. <laughs> I've had my, my pecri attached there. I've had my Achilles, you know, put back together there. I know the whole team. So I made my own appointment, got in the pickup truck, hit a slipknot show on the way down. And then I went and uh, saw them the next day and walked in with all the MRIs and everything and sat down and they went, yeah, we'd clear you. What? <laughs> it's, I didn't expect that answer. And is that easily, they said, you know, the, the great part about wrestling is I, you know, I can pick my opponents and, and you can map your matches out. So you can, you can take risks, but you can control them. Now there's always wiggle room. Don't get me wrong. There's always risks that, that, that are out of your control, but for the most part, you know, we can, we can work around it. And, um, that was pretty, that blew me away. So I drove back home from Birmingham, six hours home, just kind of not, yeah, just not getting it. And then, um, I, uh, I went and sat down with Vince and explained everything. And they said, okay, we got to get you up to Dr. Maroon in Pittsburgh. He's the head of the medical staff. He's the guy who medically disqualified me. And I sat down, I have a really good relationship with uh, Joe and, um, he said, Adam, I, you know, you're, you're making me go back on my word here, but you know, everything looks great. And if we just make sure that these are the guidelines that we deal with you, uh, going forward, then I can clear you for this. Wow. And, and Hey, don't get me wrong. It's not going to be the grind. It was, I can't go back and do 250 days a year. Like I used to, it's just, mm -hmm. it's not possible. Um, can't do it you know, but I can come back. I can try and help young talent. I can try and help, um, you know, with the big shows or, you know, if there's a show in Toronto or a show at Madison square garden and, and really just try and teach. And at the end of it all, finally go out on my own terms, because that was one of the things that I think lingered with me is, you know, I had that match. It was in the rear view. And then I got told I had to retire. And I was like, Oh wait, that was, that was my last match. Yeah. And it was, don't get me wrong. Totally Cinderella. You retire as world heavyweight champion at WrestleMania. That's ridiculous. I mean, it, it truly, it doesn't get any better than that. But if I'd known, I just feel like I would have savored it more mm -hmm. or, or tried to, to really just be as present as I could be. And at that point, because I was in so much pain, I was just trying to get through it. Um, so now with this, this gift that's, that's landed in my lap, I really am just soaking it all in. I I'm, I'm at a different phase in life. You know, I'm 46 now I have kids. I really, 
I look at life in far different uh, terms now. So I, I am not looking past this. I understand how crazy and special this is. And I really am just like every moment of it, man. A- anytime I'm around, I'm in the locker room. I'm just enjoying it because there are things that I missed. You know, that camaraderie that comes with mm-hmm. that. And so on every level, I'm just savoring it. And, um, but I still don't get it. <laughs> so I got, I got so many questions and they're probably not the okay. typical questions you get, but you're, <laughs> you're driving, you're driving six hours from Birmingham the yep. whole time. Are you just like concocting a scheme to tell Beth that you're going to wrestle again? <laughs> like, was that, yeah. was, is that on your mind or oh, without a doubt, without a doubt, you know, because I, I knew she was, she was, going to be a skeptic about this as she should be you know mm-hmm. it's her job to be that it's her job to be that hurdle that goes uh-uh, not until i hear it from everybody and and that was re- that was her parameter you know she was like okay well you've been told it now now we got to go talk to maroon and his team and you have to pass those tests and what what cordo dr cordover told me though is hey before you go any further just go get in a ring see how you feel you're going to be fine. Just see how you feel before you go any step further. And just, it might all be a moot point. You might get in there and go, whoa, nope, uh-uh. I'm yeah. <laughs> ain't happening. And um, so Beth came with me and uh, Scott Dawson from the Revival, who are a great tag team. Um, we drove over to Knoxville, Tennessee to uh, Dr. Tom Pritchard has a, has a school with uh, Kane, with Glenn Jacobs. Went there, got in the ring, and I just started wrestling with this guy who is one of the best wrestlers currently in the world and who can go. And I was keeping up. And uh, Beth just went, I, I don't really understand what's happening right now. I said, I don't really either, but I don't feel like I've missed a day. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I feel better than I did when I retired because now I don't have that pressure on my cord. I don't my body has been rested for nine years and I've been taking care of myself now instead of in that grind and, and leaving there, I think that's when she understood, okay, I think he's going to do this <laughs> but you know, she had to see it for her own eyes. I'm, I'm curious. What, what was your, your training like after your retirement? I mean, obviously you had a long time. You had to recover from the injury and, and kind of take that all in, but like what kind of physical condition were you in? Like when you went down to get that examination where they cleared you? Joe, I'll, I'll interject before he answers. He's been doing, <laughs> he's been doing, he's been doing something called gut punch once a week. So, <laughs> uh, so Adam, I, I understand you and I are of a mind. That workout is horseshit. It's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so many shades of horrible. It's like if, if there's a seventh level of hell, it, it resides At there. At least, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> so I... I you know what? For years, I yo-yoed. I really did. I uh, I was retired, so it was like, ah, eesh, you know, and and I just kind of I floated, and I didn't adhere to a diet like a strict one. I kind of watched what I ate. What I, ate. I kind of didn't. I kind of worked out. I kind of didn't. Like I, I just went into this weird floating funk uh, in terms of of physical. Um, when I got the the second neck surgery, I felt better. And that's when I started 
you know, exercising a little more seriously. Or, you know, if I realized that a role was coming up that it wouldn't, wouldn't tell me to, to have to get in better shape. But, mm-hmm. you know, the, it, it really, I yo-yoed for a long time. And where it really hit the most is, you know, we, we lost Beth's dad in 2018, right after I wrapped Vikings. And um, two months later, we lost my mom. Uh-huh. And I just, I just, you know, I can look back now and say, oh, yeah, it was clearly depression. Yeah. But at the time, it was just like, right, I'm going to eat six donuts tonight. And tomorrow night, I'm going to eat. So this is, this is when it really hit me. I was watching TV. I had got a 24-pack box of chocolate chip cookies. Mm. I looked down and there was three left. Wow in a one hour time frame, And I just thought, what is going on here? This <laughs> is not, this is not good. I, I need like, I need to snap out of it. And I, for me, thankfully I'm a person that I, I can kind of kick myself in the ass. And, mm-hmm. and I just thought the, the, the main driving force was I got to be here for the girls. And what I'm doing right now is going to cause me not to be here for them. If I keep, going down this path. Not only that, John, Beth's dad, and my mom, the Jude Meister, they would not want this. So I got to turn this around because I know what to do. I know how to do it. And um, then we we had completed, while I was over in Ireland filming Vikings, we had completed uh, building our gym here at the house. That was complete. That was done. And it was like, right, I have no excuses. My gym is literally 20 feet from my front door that's it. I, I gotta, I gotta change it. And I, I reached out to a meal plan company and I started using their stuff religiously. And, uh, then I just started making better choices. Thankfully, I also have a, a network of friends, including Bobby that, that I can reach out to and go, okay, I'm feeling this or, oh man, I threw my back out <laughs> or, yeah. um, and work around things and then started getting myself back. And you know how that works. Within two weeks, I was like, okay, yes, I broke through that two-week barrier. Now I'm starting to feel like me again, but not seeing the results yet. Mm-hmm. So then a month, start to see a little bit. Then two months, and it's like, okay, now I'm, now I'm back, back in my groove. And then it became, okay, well, I don't need something for motivation because now it's becoming discipline. Once it's shifting from motivation to discipline, then, then I'm back I'm back. Yeah. And, and that was really how that all came about. It was, uh, it, it was, it was basically nine years of just yo-yoing and I finally got tired of yo-yoing and, and it was really like all of that emotional trauma. And I realized I had to kick out. Well, and by the, by the time you actually stepped into the ring for that first like test match, like wh- where were you at at that point? I mean, would you consider yourself like, like prime ready to rock? Like they could have called you up that day or were you still kind of just testing the waters? Still testing the waters. I, I was in shape. Um, you know, like I wouldn't feel embarrassed taking my shirt off <laughs> kind of yeah. thing. Right. Yeah. But not, not where I would want it to be by any stretch. You mm-hmm. know, like I, I really, if I'm going to do that, I want to do it right. Like, I haven't been seen in nine years. If I'm going to do this thing now, now we got to kick it into another gear. And, and that's, that's what happened next. Once I got that, it was like, right, here we go. Now, now it's, it's truly nose to the grindstone. And now it's going to be, you know, a lot of things added in. And now I'm really going to dial the diet in. And now I'm, I'm, 
just add things in that I wasn't doing that I knew I would have to do in order to really, you know, kick it up a notch. And then also WWE sent me a ring. So, you know, they, they, they basically sent me my field of dreams and I, I set it up in a warehouse here and I just, I dropped the girls off at, at uh, preschool. The ring is 45 seconds from there. So I'd go get in the ring for about, you know, an hour mm-hmm. and then I'd go home and I'd work out for an hour, shower, go get the girls. And that became my, my every morning. Wow. Um, and, and by doing that eventually and, and dialing in the diet, I just, I went from about 250, but not a good 250, just mm-hmm. kind of a, just a there, you know, kind of dad bodish 250 <laughs> to, uh, you know, we, we, we used to say Husky when we were kids, like if you got mm-hmm. the Husky GWG jeans, that that's where I was at. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> but it, before I knew it, I had, uh, you know, I was down to 235 and, and a good 235. And, um, and, and then it just kind of, uh, my metabolism kicked back in and, and the genetics that I took for granted all those years kicked back in and, and, uh, man, I was just feeling great. Still am. Have you watched the mania match? Because I, I was actually quite surprised at how damn good you looked. Yeah. I, I didn't know what to expect. You haven't done it for nine years. Um, you look like you haven't missed a day and I'm not just talking in terms of how you moved your body looked incredible. Um, imposing. Have you watched it yet? I, I, I watched it the night it aired. Um, and, uh, and, and, and full disclosure, I was really tired because so we had, we had filmed it and then I came home and went into self quarantine out in the guest house hmm. because I just, you know, I, I, I don't want to, you gotta be safe. Right. Yeah. So I went out there and, uh, that was my first day back in the house. And so Beth and I are watching it. The girls are in bed and you know, the deal, the girls are going to be up in between five, six, maybe seven, if we're lucky. Mm. And they're excited. They're going to be excited that dad's back in the house. So I know I'm not going to be able to sleep in probably past five 30. So we, we, as we're watching the match, I'm already getting tired. I'm like, okay, all right, I'm watching, I'm watching, I'm watching. And, and, but that, that was a takeaway for me. I, I knew the work that I put in going in. I knew from being in the ring, the amount that I had been, I knew I hadn't lost movement. I, I knew that's what I know better than anything, right? So if I can get myself into the shape to be able to do what my mind is telling me, then I feel like I should be okay. Now for everyone else, to not see me for nine years and go, what just happened? You just wrestled for 40 minutes in your first singles match back. Um, I didn't know I'd be able to go for 40 minutes. You know, I mean, I I figured, okay, maybe we got like a 25 minute match here. And even that can be challenging. Right. Mm But we finished and they went, you guys went 42 minutes. Okay. All right, cool. (laughs) I'll do an Ironman match next. What do we got? Cause I felt I could have wrestled another two hours. That's amazing. Um, how, how much time passed from, from when you found out that you were, you were going to be able to come back to that match? So that was in September. And wow. then my comeback, my first match back was the Royal Rumble in January. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, so once one, one September, you know, once I got that clearance, then I really dialed everything in. But for Mania, dialed it in even tighter. Like, yeah. really got on, on the meal plan and really, like dropped rice out of asparagus like to that level you know what i mean and um 
and like, you know, the tablespoon of peanut butter on the no sodium rice cake and the, you know, like really down, okay, two gallons of water, two days before then a, you know, three quarters of a gallon, then a quarter get like really, really to a point that I'd never done it before, mm-hmm. you know, because back when I wrestled the, this knowledge was there, but the, the accessibility to it was, was not, there wasn't meal plan companies. There wasn't, there just didn't seem to be as much knowledge and, and, and ease to be able to do this. So as a, for instance, you know, we did WrestleMania down in Orlando at the performance center, right? So I knew everything was going to be on lockdown. So I brought my dumbbells. I brought my kettlebell. I brought my push-up bars because I got a fused wrist and I, it won't bend. So I was like, okay, if I got that and I brought all of my meals with me in a cooler. So I basically had my, my pickup truck was my self-contained, like everything I needed to stay where I needed to get to. And I had my printed out sheets of like the diet per day of what I was going to do and, and, and the water intake and all of these things leading up to it. And we had a six week plan. It got cut in half. So, you know, because mania got bumped up and with everything happening. So that was, that was the three week plan that you saw at mania with six weeks. Um, so hopefully by next year's mania, we'll get, we'll get the six week plan in effect. For, for this match, one thing I wondered about, I actually have a unique perspective on this. When I was on the ultimate fighter two, I had to fight in a TV studio and mm. it was really, really weird versus yeah. fighting at the Mandalay Bay in front of 25,000 people. What was it like for you fighting in the, in the performance center? Well, you know, it was like, I had a lot of people go, man, aren't you bummed? Like your first singles match back in nine years. And, and, and this is what's happening. I was like, well, I can't take it personally. You know, it, it, it is what it is. We're we're all affected by this. So I'm not going to, you know, cry in my cornflakes about the fact that, you know, my first singles match back doesn't get to be in front of a crowd. Hey, it sucks. Don't get me wrong. Um, I would much prefer to be in an audience because in front of an audience, because it hurts way more without an audience. (laughs) (laughs) But we, we also, you know, we didn't stay in the ring long. And that was one of the reasons why, um, to me with the last man standing, it it was just, it was going to be a fight. It just needed to be a fight. Right. So why do that in the ring? All of the other matches are going to be in the ring and there's no crowd we have the ability to go everywhere. So let's just go everywhere. And then it won't feel like we're not wrestling in front of a crowd as much. That, that was my take on it. That was my mindset. Um, and, and that helped now a full match, a full straight match and without a crowd, I haven't done it yet. And I'm sure it's going to be weird if it happens. Um, and, and that's again, though, it's a challenge, right? And I, and I love me some challenges. So I, I guess you just try and, and look at it in that regard and sink your teeth into it and try and make the best of it, really. And, and honestly, just think that, okay, there's probably millions of people at home watching this. So you do it to perform for them and that it, with the hope that they can try and forget about all of everything that's going on, even if it's just for two or three hours. Yeah. Do you think the crowd could have fucked you up though? I, I'm just thinking because you're not just wrestling's not a job to you. I, I remember reading a story about your mom took you to the Sky Dome. I want to say when you were like seven years old or eight years old or something like that to see WrestleMania in Toronto. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you wanted to be a wrestler since you were, I mean, you were a born wrestler and then it got taken away from you. 
in the prime of your career. Like you think if you would have came out to a, put that WrestleMania in Skydome in Toronto, I don't even think it's called that anymore. And 80,000 people are screaming for you. Would that have messed you up at all? You know what I mean? I, I don't think so. Only because at the Royal Rumble, I kind of got that. I got that out of the way, you know, and, and the Royal Rumble was a great place to do that because another person comes in every two minutes. You can kind of go off to the corner. And if you are tired, which I didn't know if I would be, you can kind of just collect your breath, get, get your wits about you, you know, re re steady your heart rate, take some breaths, calm yourself, center yourself. That's why I wanted to do that at the Royal Rumble. Because if, if I tried to do it at WrestleMania, like you said, let's say at the Rogers center, it's still the sky dome to me too. Um, if, if I tried to do that there, it might've gone entirely differently because as you know, there, there's nothing that prepares you for that adrenaline spike. And then that adrenaline dump and that adrenaline dump is the worst feeling in the world. That, that lactic acid, you feel every bit of it and it just, everything feels heavy and it's, it's all of those things. Now, if, if I hadn't done that at the rumble and, uh, you know, mania in front of a crowd, there's a good chance that could have happened. But because we, we did that, it was at Minute Maid stadium. So there's, I think there's like 45,000 there. And man, I, that may end up being my favorite moment of my career before this is all said and done. It was just so insane. And it, it, it to be in the center of that was just, it's still mind blowing to me. And, uh, and I felt great. That was the good thing. You know, I got in there and I was like, okay, I'm there we go. Okay. I'm hit the ropes and there's a spear, there's a spear. And I'm right back into the groove. And, um, mind you, the next guy was coming in two minutes. So I could kind of go take a bit of a break. (laughs) (laughs) What do, what do Ruby and Lyric think about this? Have you let them, I mean, like we talked about my three-year-old trying to concerto his baby brother, but Do, do Ruby and Lyric, did they watch the match? Do they kind of know what's going on? They, they know that dad plays a character on wrestling. That's the extent of what they know. They don't watch. They haven't watched. The only thing that Lyric has seen is uh, Beth went in the Hall of Fame uh, when Lyric was three. Ruby was 10 months old. I mean, Beth had just had Ruby 10 months before and she's up on stage accepting her hall of fame, you know? And, um, so we brought Lyric, Ruby was back in the hotel room with our nanny. And, uh, so Lyric sitting in my lap and she sees her mom come out and 20,000 people cheering for her mom. And I could see like, she didn't really get that. Like, why, why is everyone so happy to see my mom? (laughs) And it wasn't until like she, the, the only thing she saw was the package that they played for Beth. And of course it makes Beth look like a, just a badass, right? Just chucking people everywhere. Cause she can lift the Volkswagen. So she sees that and her, her takeaway from the whole thing afterwards, she goes, so mommy lifted girls up and put them down. And I said, yeah, that's pretty much what she did. And it was, uh, Lyric was five by this point, and um, Beth wrestled on WrestleMania last year and teamed with, with Natty, Natty Neidhart. And they came out with Bret Hart. So all of these dreams are being realized by Beth because Bret's her hero. And we had asked Lyric, do you want to go? Do you want to see mom wrestle? And she went, nope. Okay, enough said. 
you know, that's, it's not her thing. Now, Ruby, who is three, she'll be four in May. I have a feeling it's going to be her thing. <laughs> Ruby is like, uh, do you remember the Kool-Aid guy running yeah. through the wall? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. That's Ruby. Are you, are you going to encourage them? I mean, listen, straight up. I'm a huge wrestling fan. I always tell people that, that wrestling Hulk Hogan specifically has influenced me more than yeah. any person on this planet. It's why no offense Ed, you will always be my second favorite wrestler because I can't, <laughs> I want to love you, but I can't put you above the prayers and the vitamins and, and all, the, <laughs> the, 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 you know, but my kids have been raised on this stuff. Like, like you saw a picture of my baby the other day with a little edge figure. Like this is my, yeah. my whole life. They know everything about the attitude era. They've watched everything. They get it. Is this something you want to introduce your kids to, or you want to kind of keep separated? I, I, I want them, if they discover it, I want them to discover it on their own. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to push anything on them. And I think, I, I truly don't think Lyric will have any interest because she's seen, she's seen like that clip and that just, it didn't do it for her. And she's seen people come up and, you know, say edge. And she's like, I think that kind of weirds her out. Like, no, that's dad. And so I think part of it, it might've turned her off of it a little bit, just what little she's been exposed to. Um, and then also she's old enough to understand when she sees me get back from the ring or after, you know, uh, WrestleMania and I'm moving a little bit slower and she goes, Oh, dad, are you back? And she'll like rub my back or she'll like, are you okay? Or she'll see bruises. So I think she's equated it to it, it making me hurt. <laughs> and I, I think that makes her look at it in those terms and, and it's just not for her. Um, but again, Ruby is that kid that she's just going to plow through everything. And I think if anyone just finds it and will enjoy it, it will be Ruby. But again, I'm not going to place that on her. You know, if she does great, I'm, I'm not going to dissuade her, but I can give her a very educated uh, you know, idea of what to expect. And she can get that even more so from her mom being a woman in, in the industry and being a woman who helped really change the industry. Um, so I, I won't dissuade her, but I won't, I won't guide her that way either. What did Beth think about all this? I mean, the, the match itself was, I think it was a match of the night it was phenomenal. Um, it reminded me, I don't want to put down anything the WWE is doing now because I love the WWE, but there's something different about you and Randy. There's, there's something different about guys like Triple H, Stone Cold, Bret Hart, like you're WWE royalty and you looked like you didn't miss a step. What's best thoughts on that? Was she blown away? She was. You know, I, I think at the Rumble, she she kind of was too, just because it, it kind of doesn't look like I've I've been gone for nine years. You know, you just assume nine years gone and somebody who's 46 coming back, the, the, it should look like they've been gone nine years or it should look like they've been gone too, at least or something. And I don't know, but for whatever reason, that that in that ring, that's what I know best. It's just, it's where I feel comfort. It's where I feel like I don't second guess anything. My instincts just kick in and it's all I ever wanted to do. It's 
all I ever thought about. It's I would dream in art class and put matches together. Like, ah, if I ever get in there with Owen Hart, this is what I want to do. Sure enough, fast forward 10 years and I'm in the ring with Owen Hart and Cops Coliseum doing those things, you know? So for me to have it back, I think there's just, there's a spring in my step that, that I don't know, man. And, and I don't take it for granted anymore because it was taken away for nine years. And I think that adds a little bit of, um, you know, as an old timer would say, chutzpah, <laughs> you know, I just, I, I, but she saw some of the stuff and she's like, you probably shouldn't do that stuff anymore. And I'm like, granted, I, I probably shouldn't, but it, it was the kind of match that needed that I felt it needed to be gritty and ugly and dirty. And it needed to look like a fight. And with Randy, man, him and I just have that, that thing together. And, and if you want to use a musical analogy, because I, I love music so much, it's like, Randy and I together, it's like if you put, you know, um, Keith and Mick together or, or, you know, Paul and John and, and, and just stuff happens that, that there's, there's a reaction and there's no real explaining it. And that it's been that way from day one, the first time we ever got in the ring together, we both were just like, Whoa, Hmm. that, that was something really cool and and you don't get it with everybody and you can work to get it with some people and you can get there, but it might take a little doing there's a handful of guys where the first time I got in there, I went, okay, this is, we're in the same pocket and man, this is going to be special. Listening to you talk, I'm hearing something in your voice. Are you done with the acting and we, are we full on WWE train now? No, I, I still want to act because what I realized in, in coming back for this second act with WWE, I realized how much acting has given me in terms of what I have in my tool belt now. I feel, man, I, I truly feel like in this, in this run, I want people to say he's better now than he was then. Now, I'm not going to be able to fly off of ladders like I used to. I'm not going to be able to do those things. What I want to be able to do is tell stories with my eyes, with, with minute little movements, you know, like just little things. Like the other night I was trying to pull myself up on that pickup truck and I just used my fingertips to try and crawl along that tailgate. Those are a little, little things that I learned acting because those little things pick up so huge with, within that context. But I thought, well, maybe I can pull that into wrestling and, and try and bring some of these things that I've learned by acting with some absolute beasts and, and, and try and bring that with me. And that's super exciting. So I don't want to give that up because I feel like I need to, I, I need to continue to, to flex those muscles to keep them so they don't atrophy. And I want to do both. And thankfully, you know, WWE understands that. So I think it's good for everybody too, because one is a commercial for the other. If we have another season of Vikings next year. Okay. So that's great. You know, worldwide, it's second biggest television show in the world. And, and that's great for WWE and it's great for Vikings. So they, they kind of feed each other. And for me as the performer, it's great because it keeps me in both worlds. And, and, and again, it keeps both of those 
muscle memories alive. So, so in the in the history of the WWE, you're you're back now. But I I, uh, I don't want to speak out of turn here. But Joe and I were talking offline, and there's a lineage of guys, guys that are special: Hulk Hogan, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Uh, for my money, I think Jake the Snake is underrated. One of the Yo, best without players. a doubt. Um, Mr. Perfect, um, the Attitude Era. Like we were, we were watching it with my kids, and the roster was stacked top to bottom. Yeah, there's some pressure on you to save the WWE, to be the man, to to be back because you're one of those guys, like the the special few, if you know what I'm saying. I, I want to be one of those guys that that's what you should get in to want to be. Um, I, I always wanted to be one of the generals who helped pull the, the ship, you know, um, that's where I wanted to get to now in the attitude era, you know, it was, it was edge and Christian and I was try, just trying to get noticed. And then, then through those experiences, everything, I started being called on as a leader and, and I took that very seriously. Um, you know, I knew it was my job to, to kind of bolster SmackDown for a long time. And I knew it was Cena's job, you know, along with it. So it was like me and Undertaker and, and Ray on SmackDown. It was Cena and Triple H and, and Randy on Raw. And, and we all knew that, that we're, we're pulling this thing. And that's what you want. Now, coming back, the way I look at it is I, I want to be able to be there for every talent to try and pick my brain so that you can leave it better, leave the industry better than when you got into it and, and try and, and just help them see things that you've seen by being in with people from the prior generation that taught you, you know, and it's the whole pay it forward thing. You know, I very early in my career, bad news Brown took me under his wing. And then Rick Martell took me under his wing. And then Bret Hart took me under his wing. And little by little, all of these just amazing performers would pull me aside or I would ask them. And they saw something in my eyes. They saw a hunger or a commitment or whatever it was. But, you know, to, to be out in, at Bret, Bret's house with him and wrestling with him in his ring. And, and, you know, for him to go to bat for me, he's the one who helped me get into WWE in the first place. And then the Tom Pritchards of the world and the Dory Funks of the world. And then I'm wrestling Terry Funk. I'm wrestling Jerry Lawler. I'm, I'm wrestling Sergeant Slaughter. I'm teaming with Hulk Hogan. I'm in a TLC match with Ric Flair. I'm wrestling Shawn Michaels. Like all of those guys took time for me and gave me teachable moments. And now that's where I'm at. And that's, that's what I can do. And none of us thought we'd have this chance. So I know because a lot of the locker room is already texting me and calling me and saying, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Hey, can I run this by you? Yeah. Run it by me, man. That that's, I want that to be part of what I bring to the table and part of my responsibility. I want Vince to know that whoever he puts me in there with, they're going to come out of it better in the long run, not only from a wrestling perspective, but from a character perspective, from their promo perspective, from the way they handle themselves in the locker room, the way they handle themselves with the public when they go to restaurants. It's all part of it, man. And it's all part of a huge responsibility. You can't go be an, an, an asshole in Cracker Barrel. No, not going to fly. You, you just, you have to maintain this and you have to maintain it 
get back to your hotel room, complain to whoever you got to once, you know, you get, get back there at midnight. But for those other 23 hours, this is what you have to do. And I've been one of the ones that's been able to do it falling flat in my face a bunch. So I know what that is too. And I want that. And I think that is part of my responsibility in coming back. You know, one of the things that you just said there that always struck me about WWE guys is that responsibility. You said, don't act like an asshole in the Cracker Barrel. I've met a lot of professional athletes, a lot of actors. There's nobody that is like a WWE superstar. You guys are so good to kids. You're so good to adults. You'll stay, you know, you'll be there early. You'll leave late. Is that something that has to be a natural quality coming in the WWE or do they teach you that? I think it's taught. uh, And here's why we're independent contractors. So we're responsible for our rental cars, for our hotels. We're our own managers. We, uh, there's a lot of responsibility that falls on you and your job is to be at that show on time and to work your ass off in the ring. 99% of the roster does love it and wanted to do it since they were a kid. So this, this is a, a gift. You know, um, sure you can get jaded, sure you can get tired, sure you you're sore and you can get cranky and someone comes up to you in the middle of a meal and it's like, but I, I truly think, and, and from my experiences on set, here's what I've come to the conclusion because directors, producers at the end of every job to a job that I've had have come up to me and said, you were a joy to work with. You were so easy to work with. You didn't complain. You didn't bitch. You didn't moan. You, you just showed up, knew your lines, did your job, and left. And I think that comes from the training that WWE gives you. Without realizing it, it's, it's entertainment boot camp. So anywhere you go from, from that point forward, I, I guarantee you will be the easiest person on a set you will be the hardest working person on that set. It, I don't know if it's the type of person that gravitates to it or if it's just like we talked about, it's, it's a training thing without any of us realizing it. Um, but you, you have to have a special kind of determination um, and, and that also that sense of alpha, don't get me wrong, but there, there's something different that comes with it. And I, some of it too is it's the closest thing you can get to playing a real life superhero. And, and that's, that's a huge responsibility when you start seeing kids who I know, man, cause I was a Hulk Hogan guy too. He was the reason I got into this and Hulk Hogan and Sylvester Stallone. They were my heroes there. There's no two ways about it. Rocky Balboa and Hulk Hogan, man, they, they, they were it. And so when you see little kids, and you see the effect that you have on them by looking like these real life superheroes, these colorful outfits, but you're tangible. They can go smack, you know, smack hands with you. And, and for me as a kid, I'd go to Maple Leaf Gardens and I'd get the seats right by the aisle. And man, I just, I just shook hands with Hillbilly Jim. Are you kidding me? Like that happened. And, and I think it just, you know, everyone understands that that it's that's a big responsibility. I mean, there's a reason John Cena has the most Make-A-Wish, you know, uh, visits than anyone, and it's because of all of those things I just talked about. 
you know, and that that's a huge responsibility. And I think we all get it. Now, I was going to ask you about Hulk Hogan. Um, I had an experience with him at a comic con. He was lined up for three days. He looked exhausted. And there was a bunch of dads like me bringing their kids to meet Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who he was. My little dude's four years old, walks up, makes a wolf pack sign, lets out a howl, <laughs> lights right up. He gets down on one knee, puts this ginormous hand on his back and starts talking to my son. And the security guy says, you got to keep the line moving. And he looks at him and I was kind of scared. He goes, brother, I'm going to take as long as I need. I was like, yeah. oh. And so he starts yep. talking to my boy and he says, and this is the greatest moment of my life, by the way. He says, make sure you take care of your dad. And then he looks up, he goes, oh no, your dad's good. He take care of himself. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> he, just, he just called me strong and powerful. This is like, and, this was my dream. The yeah, vitamins and, and milk helped. Oh, yeah. I did it. And, and he's one of the people, any musical artist, any, any actor could show up at my door and I'd be like, Hey, why are you bugging me? If he showed up, I would, I would cry. What? And I know you feel the same about him. What yep. was it like when you met him? Were you a mess inside? Did you have to keep oh, yourself? Absolutely. Because we're meeting as peers, right? So we're meeting and he knows me as edge and I'm like, Oh, inside, like you don't <laughs> understand what's happening. Like, but, but at the same time, I got to let him know. I got to let him know what he meant to me. And so I told him, I was like, straight up, here's the deal, man. You know? And so for me, this is, this is, you don't understand how huge this is to me. And little by little, my story started to come out, you know? So you see the shot of me at WrestleMania, my Hulk rules tank top, and you see like all of that stuff. And, and I, and he's got to know like, Oh wow. He's legit. Like, he's not, this isn't lip service. Like I was his guy now because it was so well known that, that I was a Hulk Hogan kid. They, they reached out and said, we want to team you guys. What do you think? And I went, what, <laughs> what are you kidding me? You want me to team with Hulk Hogan? Wait, and we're winning the tag team titles. Like he's never won the tag titles with anybody. You're telling me I'm going to be the guy that wins the tag team titles with Hulk Hogan on the 4th of July in Boston, and he's going to come out to Real American? Are you shitting me? Like, if you had told 10-year-old Adam that, he wouldn't have been alive because his heart would have burst, you know? And, and if you watch that match back, I come out first, then that Real American hits, and, and they got a shot of me singing along with it. Cause I couldn't help it. I was just like singing the song with this huge, just shit eating grin. And, and it was just, it was all real because this was the, truly, uh, you know, I'm sure I dreamt that when I was a kid, oh, one day, imagine if I teamed with Hulk Hogan and won the tag team titles together. Okay, great. <laughs> but you, then you fast forward 15 years and it's happening. Like, come on, that, that, that doesn't happen. Right. But it can, it really can. I just didn't know that we would be peers or that we would be, you know, running buddies at the same time. You know what I mean? I just, that, 
you don't, you can't control that stuff. You don't know that stuff. You, you don't know if you'll end up in the same company. You don't know if he'll still be wrestling at that point or anything. So we win the tag titles. It's taped. And then he calls me the night it's going to air and says, come on over to the house. Let's watch it. Well, I'm living in Tampa at the time. I roll on over to Clearwater and sure enough, I'm watching Hulk Hogan and I win the tag team titles with Hulk Hogan. I mean, I, I've been so, so lucky over the years to have so many moments that, that I don't know if you can dream up. Like right. wrestling Ric Flair in a TLC match in Raleigh, North Carolina with his family in the front row for the world heavyweight championship. Like what, how does that happen? You know, I'm wrestling undertaker in the main event at WrestleMania. I, it's, you know, it, coming back at the Royal rumble after nine years retired, like I, I've just had so many moments happen like that. And I, and I don't know why. And, and it just, but I, I don't take them for granted. That, that much I know. So random question, 10-year-old Edge, because uh, I was about six and this was traumatic for me. How did you feel when you watched Rocky Balboa fight Thunderlips? <laughs> it was tough, man. It was tough. <laughs> it was really tough because, you know, the ultimate male versus the ultimate meatball. I, I, you know, what, what it's, 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 you know, he comes out with that hat and the feather and just the, the, the cape and it's like, whoa, what? And he's a foot taller than everybody. And then there's Rocky shredded the American trunks and he's like, yeah. and it's like, these are my two favorite people in the world. How can this happen? Why is this like, but I couldn't stop watching it. And I've probably seen it 482,000 times since. Okay. Next, next question. How many times Joe and I have a count for this for us? How many times have you watched that video of, Hulk Hogan and Mr. T working out on the beach together. <laughs> that, that goes on and I'm not, I'm not shitting you. Every time I feel like I can't go to the gym and train, I just pop that on my YouTube and it's fucking go time. Well, here's what, here's, if you think about this, it's very reminiscent to uh, Carl Weathers and Sylvester Stallone on the beach too. It's like the same thing. I'm just saying. You know, so already right there, you, you throw on either one of those, you know, and, and, and poor Sly trying to keep up with Carl Weathers running on the beach. Like, I mean, it's not fair. Right. So either of those two, I could I could watch them tonight and, and go, okay, well, here, here we go. Like I'm, I'm, I have to see it again. And then, yeah. So I, I don't know an exact number, but I've watched both of those sequences far too many times uh, for an adult man. All right, spearing spearing Jeff Hardy off that ladder. Were you scared to do that? I was not actually. Um, didn't even like think about it. It was just, hey, let's do this. Yeah, yeah. Let's. Oh well, if Bob, if you pull that back, that'll swing him. And if I get on this rung, that should be the rung I need. That was it. When you watched it, when you watched it later, were you? disgusted with yourself shocked uh i could have died because that to me is the iconic moment it, it, it's yeah it's definitely um that's the one that'll be around long after i am you know um no honestly i just i was in such we all you know all six of us we just man we would chew through concrete to get those moments you know what i mean like that's what we all lived for. And 
I just knew that I had the ultimate dance partners to make these things come to life. And, and Jeff didn't even bat an eye. He's like, yeah, okay. And then boom. And, and I, I, my only thought process through the whole thing was to take care of him. So my whole mindset through it is just, okay. Uh, just make sure Jeff lands flat. If, if I can do that, we're gold. Now in doing that, I DDT'd myself from like 15 feet in the air. <laughs> you know, So I rocked myself pretty good, but you know, I just thought, well, if I'm feeling this way, I wonder how Jeff is. That's all I was thinking <laughs> as I was like falling back, like, Whoa, I'm pretty dizzy. <laughs> you know, going into that match, that match was going to be what it, what it's become because it's become iconic in itself. That is the, the, the to me, that's everything that's WWE or ECW uh, attitude era. Like that match personifies it all. Did you guys have an idea it could be that or you just did your best and, and that's what it became? It, it was our plan, you know, because we, we'd had the tag ladder match with the Hardys, Edge and Christian with the Hardys. And that's when we felt like, okay, we got a groundswell of something here, you know, and we're all young, similarly minded guys. This is what we want to do. We're all willing to take these risks to get noticed in a locker room that has Stone Cold Steve Austin firing on like 12 cylinders, The Rock, you know, Undertaker, Triple H, Kane, Mick Foley, like probably the most stacked locker room in the history of locker rooms, right? So we all knew, okay, if we want to get noticed, we got to do something different than all of that. And then the Dudleys came over and we're like, okay, I think we just found our final element that we need here. The, these are all the combustible elements that we needed. And all of us think the same way. And that can be a scary thing. So, uh, you know, our plan was just that nobody's going to follow this. We want to blast the earth so that there's nothing left. And if you can build it up back up, great. But our plan is that you won't be able to. And during the match, I know all of us were like, I don't know how good this is. I can't really hear the crowd. Like, are they just sitting on their hands? Like, and, and this was why that was the first year that WrestleMania had kind of gone back to domes or those giant, you know, football stadiums. Right. So we had never experienced that. So the six of us are used to in an arena, the sound comes at you. So you, you pretty quickly get that, that instant gratification to know if something worked well in the Astrodome, the sound went up, bounces off the roof, then gets to you. And there's that delay that throws off everything. And that, that was a, a transition for all of us that going forward, we all knew that going in, but for that one, we all just meant, man, what, what's going on? Like even going back to the hotel that night, we're like, I don't know, crowd kind of sounded dead. And then we watched it back with, proper sound and and to be able to see the reaction we were like oh okay we just did something <laughs> yeah now now you've done it all on on that note we were really grateful for your time we appreciate you we've been huge fans for a very long time ever kind of to be honest with you, this is surreal for us because i kind of grew up on all you guys which is which is crazy and it, it's funny I didn't want to fight in the UFC. I kind of ended up there. Um, I would have much rather been in the WWE. So I'm, I'm in awe of what 
you guys do? What what do you want to do? You you're you're WWE royalty, you're in the Hall of Fame, you've won the WWE championship 97 times or something like that. <laughs> what what do you what do you want to do now? Do you wanna do, do you wanna help the young guys or is there is there some mountain you want to climb that hasn't been climbed yet? You know, it's it's funny. We just had that documentary come out last week. Or it was I, the day of mania, and it's called The Second Mountain. And it's because I read this book called The Second Mountain. And it talks about how your first mountain, that climb, it's all about you. And it's all about trying to attain and get these things and prove your worth and 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 show what you got and you're you're driven by you and 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 getting these accomplishments. Well, I did that. Now the only part about that is I felt like the end got taken away. Yeah. And, and that, that sat with me, you know, I, I, I wanted to, in my last match, you know, if I'm champ, you know, do the honors and, and hopefully somebody walks away from it with their profile raised by beating edge and retiring edge. And that didn't happen. So this second mountain and, and, and all of this, not uh, just completely unexpected. That's what it feels like, right? How can I sit there? How can I, how can I try and make whoever I get in there with better or, or be able to take some tools going forward so that they can, you know, their character can advance so that they can be those guys. Like I got to be that guy. That to me is, is what my responsibility is on this. And I want to be able to spread it around. Like I want to get in there with Kevin Owens and do that. I want to get in with Aleister Black and do that. I want to get in with, with Seth Rollins and do that. Roman Reigns and do that. Cesaro and do that. The NXT guys and do that. Finn Balor. Like I do, if I could work all of them, I would just to be able to say, right. Okay. Let's just feel the crowd, man. Don't, don't worry about setting up 84 things in the back and all these dangerous things. Let's just go out and feel them. Cause that's when you learn. And if I can do that and then know that it's my last match and go out on my own terms, then, then I can, I can go, okay, right. Everything that I wanted to do, I did. And now, now we can ride off into the sunset and, and I can sit on the mountain and enjoy the girls. So on that note, um, we're not on video obviously, but behind me, there's a, there's a picture and it's every, final season uh ticket from a place called maple leaf gardens uh, autographed by the whole team it's, it's it's my prized possession i picture your final match either there or the sky dome so we'll go with those venues who would be your dream opponent for your final match if you could write it right now what who is it and what kind of match is it I, it, it could never happen because it would be christian it would be jay but he's retired as well. You can so, bring him back. Yeah. You he doesn't, he doesn't need to know this is even going on. You just grab oh, him off the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you know, one, one thing as a fan, and you know this because you're a real fan too, you guys are never really done. I'm, I'm watching TV and, 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 and Rowdy Roddy Piper comes out one day and then Jake the Snake comes out one day and then Jerry, Jerry Lawler comes out one day. I think you could get him back. Well, I mean, he would want to, I just don't know if he'll ever get cleared. And gotcha. so, but, you know, but I mean, to wrestle my best friend in my last match would be, I mean, it, it would, it would be amazing. Now that being said, he doesn't need it. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't need to 
to wrestle edge. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, and if I were to pick a dream appointment, like Bret Hart, okay. Yeah. Like, or wrestle Hulk Hogan. Yeah. You know, but if I'm looking at the current roster and doing what I want to do, you know, if I, if I could look at it and go, okay, who could use this the most? Who could we springboard to be one of the guys for the next, you know, 10, 15 years? It's, it's difficult to, to pinpoint it to just one person because somebody might be coming along that I don't even see yet that by the time I'm done doing this, I, I, I will say, okay, he, he's the guy. Yeah. But there, there's, there's a few, man. There's this guy, Damian Priest, down in NXT. There's a guy named Matt Riddle down in, in NXT who used to be with UFC. Uh, there's a guy named Aleister Black. You know, any one of those guys could be that guy because that's really, truly what I want to do at, at, when it's all said and done to go, right, I, I want to try and get this guy over as much as I can so that going forward, WWE has another general for the next 10 or 15 years. It's funny, my 11-year-old Beans, who you've had uh, contact with, by the way, I've, I've, I've never thanked you publicly for this, but thank you so much for all your generosity with him. Joe, back of in the course. day, I had him a letter. Um, Beans drew a picture of Edge and Christian for his art class. And it was terrible. It was like he was four. <laughs> so Edge was able to send him some pictures, but he said right after WrestleMania, he goes, Dad, you know what this means? Edge is going to beat up Drew McIntyre and take his title. And I was like, well, yeah, you're, you're not wrong. That's what I want to see. I, I mean, it, it would be fun to get in there with Drew where he's at now. Because when I got Drew, um, gosh, he was so young. But, but he was a sponge. And he just wanted it so bad. I saw that then. And he had to, he had to go through some bad character development and a lot of things. And then he left. He got fired and he went away. But instead of like being angry or, or, you know, having the wrong attitude, he went and proved himself and he became a man and he became a man. And he, he, you can see it in his physique. You can see it in his face. He just he lived life and he came back doing what he's doing now. And I'm super proud of him because he is a guy truly that he just loves it. And, and he's wide open. He's, he listens and he learns and he wants to be better. And, uh, but he's already a general now, you know what I mean? Like he's in that position. So there's always stuff you can learn though, because now what he's going to have to learn is how you maintain it at that level and maintaining it at that level can be very, very hard. It's, I've always said, you know, getting to the WWE was the easy part. I always assumed that was going to be the hard part. Getting to the top there was hard. Staying at the top there was the hardest. What do you want to accomplish in uh, acting? Because we, we, you're new to the acting thing. I mean, relatively, you've been Haven. It's a great show. You're in Vikings. Love your character. I'm still waiting for you to spear somebody in Vikings, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, what, uh, what do you want to accomplish there? Cause that's a whole new, like when you talk about staying at the top of the WWE, the acting thing is kind of a whole new frontier, if you will. A whole, whole new frontier. And one thing I realized is I have to check my ego and, and not just assume, well, I was, I was here in wrestling and wait, I got to audition for all this stuff. Yeah. That's what I got to do because I want to be good at it and I want to get better at it. So I look at characters that I think will be a challenge. And 
I loved Vikings. And when the audition came through, I went, right, this, this is such a huge challenge. And I love the show. So not only is it a period piece, it's a drama, it's accents. It's, it's all of these things that I've never done before. And the other actors on the show are good. So I got to go in and hang with them. It's kind of like, you know, when it was wrestling, it's like, okay, I'm getting in with Owen Hart. Can I hang with Owen Hart? That's how I feel in acting right now. And so I almost feel like that kid who, who was just starting out in wrestling. And, and that's a fun thing to do at 46 years old. And, and again, challenges, right? So I want to, to try and take on characters that, that you might not necessarily think I would take on. And every once in a while, do the ones that you would assume because those are fun to do too. Um, and that's really how I'm looking at that is, is just, I'm big on creating. I'm big on stories. I, you know, I love to read. I love to write. I, you know, if it's creative, I love to do it. And, and acting is that it's telling stories. And, um, so I think really that's, that's what it boils down to, you know, a script will come through and it's like, Oh, I don't character. just doesn't seem to have too many dimensions. I, I don't know. Now you can try and bring some to it, but when they're already written in now you go, Oh, okay, this is going to be fun. That's really where I'm at on that. You know, um, I, I really enjoy it though. And I realized that it, it really pulled me through what could have been some dark years there after wrestling. Is this time for you to be a rookie again? And you've talked about this, this desire, you want to shepherd the young guys into the forefront. Are you leaning on guys like, like the rock, Dwayne Johnson, uh, John Cena, uh, Hulk Hogan that have kind of broken to Hollywood a little bit. Is that something that you actively do or are you kind of on your own journey? Kind of on my own journey. But what, what a guy like Dwayne has done is he broke the door down. You know, he broke the door down to show what it is that we've, we all learn in that entertainment boot camp, And, I, I think he was the first real instance of people going, hold on a second, what are they doing over there? And then here comes Batista. And, and if you look at his career, man, I love his choices because he's made some choices where you go, I would not have called that, but damn, like he was in, in Blade Runner, the last Blade Runner, and he didn't say a word, but God, did you feel for his character? And it, it was, it was just, he, he's really good and he makes great choices. And, and I love that he makes difficult choices. Um, so that's really, you know, I, I don't, you know, actively reach out to anybody about that, but I, I think what all of those guys have done have been able to, to break down doors, you know, and, and I'm nine years into my acting career now I've done 99 episodes of TV. I've done three movies. So it's, when I go on a set now, I don't feel like the new kid. You know, I feel, I feel like between, you know, 25 years of experience on screen with WWE and now with nine years in acting, um, I, I really feel comfortable when I go on sets and I feel like, okay, I belong here. And there was, there was a few years where that didn't, didn't feel like the case. Um, and, and really for a while, the ultimate compliment was when other actors found out that I used to be a wrestler. I'm like, Oh, used to be a wrestler. Like they just assumed I'm an actor and I went, okay, I must be doing something right. <laughs> um, but then once I, once I finished up with Vikings, that's when I think my confidence really grew to a different level because like I said, some of the, that cast is, um, man, there are some, some beasts on that show. 
and and um and as i said period piece drama accents all of those things were all new tools to put my belt and and just take it going forward and and see where it lands me you know the last thing i did i found myself i'm i'm acting across from kelsey Grammer, who was my mom's favorite actor and i just thought what it was it was almost like that hulk hogan moment where you know my mom's gone now but i knew she's she's in the ether somewhere and she is beaming right now because i am sharing a scene with her favorite actor and um you know it, it's that that's that's so much fun it really is one question i wanted to ask you it's a difficult one i lost my dad when i was 20 so i always i always he was my best friend i didn't have a lot of friends i was bullied pretty heavily um and and when i lost him i lost i felt like i lost my whole identity to a degree yeah yeah. Um, and, and I know you have a super close relationship with, with your mom. Like she was, there's no edge without, without the no. Judy. What's, <laughs> what's Judy saying about you coming out of retirement and, and living your wrestling dream again? Go get them kid. You know, she, she would be so happy because if she was there all those years and watched me sit in front of that black and white three channel TV that we had to turn with pliers and, and watch me freak out from King Kong Bundy attacking Hulk Hogan. And, and she was there watching when I wrote that essay to the Toronto star to try and win that contest for free wrestling training. And she was there for my first match in Monarch park on Canada day and wearing Zubas and Converse high tops. She was there for all of it. She was there in the front row of cops Coliseum for my first match, the WWF against Bob Holly at Sexton Hardcastle on May 10th, 1996. So I feel like she was somewhere. And she was seeing it all go down and, you know, and Beth is a firm believer that she's pulling some strings. And I, I think she would just be tickled pink um, because she was also there for my last match and, and she was there for, for all of it. So I, I think she would just, I, I think it'd be go get them kid. <laughs> I, I love it. Did she have to tuck you into bed crying when Andre the giant tore Hulk Hogan's shirt off? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. That it's was okay. yeah. it'll, be, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. It, it will be okay. Are you sure though? Are you yeah, sure that, it's his cross and he's bleeding? Yeah, that was the most the most horrible thing that ever happened to me. So Edge, it's been a blast. I always ask um podcast guests for favors, and I need a favor from you. Okay. You you've got my son in considerable trouble at his private school. Um, apparently the word chump stain is not oh boy. accepted behavior in private school. He wants another, this is funny, Joe, uh, it's dress down day at his private school. And he okay. decides to wear his rated R superstar t-shirt, the one with the porn stars bending over the star on the yeah. front. Yeah. And on the yeah. back, it says it's easy being sleazy and it was confiscated. Yeah. I was called into the office and given a stern talking to he really desperately wants another one. Um, we promise he won't wear it to school. Uh, <laughs> can, you, can you make that happen for us? We, we can make it happen. And now the, the t-shirt design, the current one is one I drew and it is nowhere near as salacious. Okay, so, fair. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're going, we're, we're cornering a different demo this time. <laughs> so this one, it has a skull on it though. 
but it's a skull given the, you know, the, the rock and roll sign. And it's got three roses with the girl's initials and my mom's initials. So it's, it's a pretty safe one. All right, good. Because, because as, as you can tell, I, I don't know if you're allowed to let kids under the age of 15 watch wrestling. Cause it's just been, it's a, my wife hates me. And, and one more thing I'm, this is kind of behind the scenes this is probably the first time telling people about this, but I'm working on something to professionally fight again. Can you have Beth call Lisa, my wife, to kind of like talk her? Grease the wheels. Yeah, grease the wheels. You've been through it. If you have any advice, you can tell me offline because I, like you, I, I broke my neck. I've got no C4. Um, my hand tremors at night. I shake sometimes. I forget stuff. She's not, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Excited about this. So I feel like, I feel like Beth could be her friend. <laughs> hey, she could give it a shot. She could give it the old college try. I mean, <laughs> again, different beasts though, right? You know, you, you'd be walking into a different beast than what I did. So she could try and talk her into it to some extent, but I don't know how far it would go. Well, we can try though. It's, it's like I said, it's worth that college try. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate that. And thank you so much. Like we said, you're a hero of ours. Uh, it's kind of surreal for us to have you on the podcast. Um, oh, this was a blast. It was great. I'm glad I was able to do it. And, and for what it's worth, uh, both of us were talking, we're extremely proud of you to come back from that kind of injury and just like do something you love. It was amazing to witness and it was, see. It was emotional. The, the, the whole WrestleMania fight was very emotional. I, I absolutely, I loved it. My, my, uh, four and a half year old daughter watched alongside me and she's probably your biggest fan now. So thank you. Thank you. Bless her. Well, I, I will say it was emotional for me too. The, the emotion on top of the truck at the end, that was real. I believe um, it. I believe it. Watching you, that was intense. All, all of that road back was all flashing through my mind and I just let it out there. You know, I've been, I've been holding it back and it just kind of came out there and it was kind of the perfect moment for it too. <laughs> and it, it, it must've felt damn good to concerto somebody again. <laughs> It really did. Because <laughs> I got hit with it when I first came back. And I was like, damn, that's loud. <laughs> too, too funny. Well, thank you so much, uh, Edge. We really appreciate it. Thank you for making time. You're a class act. And, and looking forward to wrestling's wrestling again for me. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm excited for the next little well, bit. Well, do, do, I'll do what I can. And, uh, you know, hopefully we get in front of crowds again. And then I'll really feel like wrestling again. Right, you know? yeah. 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 Well, take care of yourself, guys. Thanks for having me on. It was a blast. I had a great time. Because you're the last of a dying breed.